Today on The Negotiation, we talk with Amanda Liu, Product Manager for Chinalytics, discussing data and analytics, traffic acquisition strategies for B2B and B2C, and the incredible power of China's social media networks. Home to over 4 billion people, the Asia-Pacific region boasts one of the most powerful consumer markets on the planet. Not only is it home to half the world's under 30 population, but it's also home to more than half the world's internet users. It's a market no globally-minded brand should ignore. But entering markets like China is no easy task. Just ask the likes of Microsoft, Google, Uber, and Facebook. Times are changing, and with the right partners, doors are slowly opening as more and more companies find success expanding into the markets of the Middle Kingdom. I myself spent eight years in China, mostly as a venture capitalist, helping early-stage tech companies enter the Asia-Pacific market successfully. This show is dedicated to uncovering and examining successful China entry and growth strategies by interviewing the people behind those success stories. My name is Todd Embley, and welcome to The Negotiation, brought to you by WPIC Marketing and Technologies. Hey, everybody. So we're here with Amanda Liu. Uh, she's the product manager at Chinalytics, as I mentioned off the top of the show. So Amanda, welcome to the show. Thanks, Todd, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. What do you do? A WPIC. Let's start there. Uh, basically, my job is involved with providing support for our clients, gaining understanding or their or their experience, and identifying mm. potential needs for our product upgrading. So half of my job is more like what an account manager do, which I need to develop a good relationship with the clients. And the other part is about doing analytics. I generate web analytics reports based on the client's website data that we collected. Uh, we usually discuss with our clients to build the analysis structure, deciding what dimensions and metrics we need in order to get useful insights and to make sure this will truly help them. And of course, we have a team and everyone works closely together. What unique client experiences, uh, like with regards to analytics, what are they telling you about the world of marketing and website operations in China uh, that uh, most other companies around the world would be interested to know? Uh, well, there could be several things, but the first came into my mind is the uh, changes in the way of traffic and customer acquisition or the way of doing marketing campaigns. So we have many B2B and B2C clients using Chinalytics. So uh, to audit their websites as well as their mar marketing campaigns, and we see there is a decreasing trend of search engine referrals, both paid and organic search engine referrals, especially for some B2C industries, such as e-commerce, entertainment, and tourism, etc. Even for traditional B2B companies, they no longer invest in PPC campaigns as much as they did before because the status of China's internet traffic has changed. The traffic acquisition cost for SEM has been going up a lot. So what are some different strategies that are being adopted by B2B versus B2C companies? How do they differ? Almost all B2C companies and some B2B companies, even in traditional industries, have been expanding diverse channels for their digital marketing, such as fees, uh, social media campaigns, and video marketing. What about the, like, how, how popular are social network campaigns in China? And, and like, like, even with respect to using KOLs, is that a popular thing in China? 
Yeah, definitely.、Um, because people nowadays spend much time on social media platforms in China. Companies,、uh, a lot of companies I know have. Uh, build their own accounts on the top popular Chinese social media. So, with the diversification of internet services, the ranking of social media giants in China has an accelerating change. You know, during the past twenty years, the number one player changed from QQ to Weibo and WeChat, and then to ByteDance today. I remember QQ's heyday lasts about ten years. WeChat has about five years, and I don't know how long for ByteDance to occupy a leading position. But at least I think its affiliates, such as TikTok,、uh, which is a short video platform, as well as Toutiao, a headline news platform,、uh, they are still gaining Chinese users and popularity.、Uh, they recommend and send very interesting content and information to the users based on. Uh, the machine learning algorithms, and this model, I think, has changed the way how we surf the internet. So the time we spend on search engine has become much less because、sure. people don't need to search.、Uh, the interesting content will come in front of them directly. So, and this model also leads to audiences and defined needs being met and the moment of truth. I'm gonna go off script a little bit here because ByteDance was really not a thing. Like when I left August 2016,、um, mm-hmm. WeChat was everything, and I was probably spending、right. half of my day, my work day, on WeChat、right. doing work inside of WeChat, which to me was. You know, it's it still amazes me、um, what people use WeChat for,、um, mm-hmm, right? But then, you know,、um, I wasn't aware of ByteDance and TikTok wasn't a thing yet. So, can you can you just explain to people a little bit just just the basics of what is ByteDance, what is TikTok, what what is、um, what did you call it, the Toutiao?、Um, what are Toutiao, these? Yeah. What are these platforms actually like? Explain to people who've never heard of these things before. Yeah, so TikTok is a short video platform. What does that mean? And you post short videos. I'm guessing. <laughs> yes, there are a lot of tens of short videos that you could see, and it just when you surf the total and.、Uh, it seems it's like it's almost like Instagram a little bit because people have almost stopped. Just posting, and they've taken a, a bit of a Snapchat approach because your moments. On Instagram,、um, you know they go away. They 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 expire after 24 hours or something, right? So so they just port the post these short videos, and I think、um, this is what people are doing a lot more instead of making a permanent post,、um, a static post, so to speak. Yeah, you know there there are just endless of short videos. You can like it, you can dislike it by you know swipe swipe it. Oh, swiping、um, it really, swiping yeah.、Oh. So, and also the Toutiao is a headline news platform. So,、um, as I mentioned, there is a machine learning algorithm. So、mm-hmm. they know if you dislike this news, and they will not recommend the relevant news to you. Right. So it's learning so, about you and what you like. Yeah. So that's a kind of a personalized. They know you. 
Right. It's a personalized marketing or something. Versus like a CNN or BBC app that they tell you what they want. They put in right. the app what they want and you right. have to go through and choose what you like and what you don't like versus exactly. uh, being, you know, it learning and, and only delivering to you what it thinks that you like. And usually it's probably yes. pretty accurate. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thank you for that, uh, for indulging me in um, learning a little bit more about that. And what is ByteDance? I know I know TikTok. Is ByteDance also a short video? ByteDance, uh, TikTok is the affiliate of ByteDance. Ah, okay. it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge company like Alibaba. Right, right. Okay, mm -hmm. okay. I gotcha. You mentioned that, uh, you know, and I remember companies used to have, uh, you could have a subscription account or a service account on WeChat and um, all companies um, almost had an existence. Um, but, um, you know, take a company like uh, UPS or Roots. I'm not going to really, mm -hmm. you know, pay that much attention to their Twitter uh, feed or, or, you know, I'm not going to follow UPS on Facebook, so to speak, or especially not on Instagram. Um, mm -hmm. But when it comes to China, it's a bit of a different story. Like companies do need to pay attention to their own their own corporate social media accounts, right? Yeah, sure. Uh, because a lot of company in China have already built their own accounts on, you know, the, the top social media Mm. Uh, platforms. So by utilizing their uh, social media accounts, they could they could promote and post some interesting news and content, and even some discounts information mm. on their social media accounts, and writing interesting articles and some fees, uh, so that the followers could see on um, their moment or on mm. um, any other social medias. So all these. Um, all these, all, all these can be a very good approach for you know interacting with their clients. Yeah, building to, a relationship with your customers or potential customers. Yeah, to keep them uh, become very loyalty to right. the brand. To the brand. Yeah, because loyalty is big. Um, and um, I remember one of the prevailing thoughts when I used to be there, um, and uh, I'll likely say this a few times through different episodes, is that. Um, building brand loyalty is hard and <laughs> you have to spend a lot of time and a lot of resources to do that in China. You can't yeah. just come, you just can't come rushing into China as a new player and expect to have brand loyalty. It takes quite a bit of time. However, I've heard that once you do get uh, good brand loyalty, um, that the, your customers in China are very loyal to you. Would you agree with that? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Let's let's shift gears a little bit over to data. Mm -hmm. You know, which is is definitely in your wheelhouse working as a as a product manager at uh, Chinalytics. So, just talk to me a little bit about data-driven marketing and operations and and how and why data-driven marketing and operations are important in China. I think data-driven marketing and operation is the key in today's world. And it's a there bold are, statement. you know, <laughs> yeah. There are omni-channel aggregation data coming into the website and then converting. So data is the only way that you can know well of your customers, uh, get insights of what they are interested in, mm -hmm. in so that you can to achieve more conversions, to do improvements mm -hmm. and to, to think any uh, efficient strategies or campaigns to attract 
uh, new customers. Okay. Yeah, I get yeah. it. So yeah. what is CDP and what is DMP? What Just what are those oh. acronyms? Because we're going to get to that, but I want to I wanna quickly just, what is a CDP? What is a DMP for those who don't know? Okay. So CDP is customer data platform and DMP is data management platform. Uh, I know many of our clients starts or have already built their own CDP and mm -hmm. DMP mm -hmm. to do analysis and get insights about their customers. Right. Uh, with these tools, companies could do automated marketing and target their customers and do retargeting to achieve more conversions. And, and also, uh, data storaging is also uh, very important in today. Do companies store their own or use third-party storage facilities? I think they do both mm. because because you, you've got some data of your website, of your uh, social media accounts that only um, it, that, that only belong to you. Right. It's, yeah. Right. So you can leverage these data to do uh, deeper analysis and to dictate of your customers' behavior, etc. And also you can provide your data to some, you know, to Alibaba or also Tencent and uh, using by using their marketing tools to because they have a large huge database sure. and so you can provide your uh, customers what they are look like and provide this data to them and they will find look like data so they they can uh, provide you right uh, so you're telling them as, this is the customers that like us yeah can you find us more and, of them exactly and and they provide and you bought these data that look like data and to get more you know right right real right. customers right 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 by but there it's a highly targeted there's a there's a much higher chance that this uh this data set this this group yeah. of potential customers a much higher chance that that they are going to like what we have to offer and who we are because they're very similar to those who have already demonstrated or displayed um, an interest and, and a liking of, of what we do and, and what we offer. Yes, exactly. I got to ask about this. I got to mm -hmm. ask about this and I got to ask about fake traffic. Okay. So just how do companies identify and deal with fake traffic? You know, are, are bots a thing in China or has China been uniquely positioned or a, able to kind of clamp down uh, on bots or, you know, like how do companies deal with the bot phenomenon and, and fake traffic? Bots and fake traffic are very common in China. And uh, many of our clients have met this issue for their websites and even for their social media accounts. And we help them identify these bots by looking at the devices of these visits, uh, their locations, the time they visit the website, and what did they do. And we also combine heat map to figure them out if possible. So some bots using specific device models and mm -hmm. software systems, mm -hmm. uh, they, they come in, uh, they're coming all from maybe direct entry or maybe all by searching some certain keywords during a specific time period. And usually to uh, deal with these bots traffic, uh, we usually recommend our clients to 
ask their ad agency and to, to see if there's any actions that they did recently and what platform they bought ad from. And at the same time, we could exclude those bots visits by removing their IPs so that to remove the bias. Thank you for answering that so so well and so honestly. Okay, so what makes you so excited about the future of analytics in China? I mean, are there new and interesting technologies that are coming out that that you just may want to mention? Oh, um, I think it could be the vast amounts of data in China. And now almost every company, no matter what industry they are in, they are all becoming aware of the importance of data collection and data-driven operations. So uh, with the technology development and Chinese government biking in the big data era, I think there would be innumerable possibilities in any industries and business services. Um, After all, as one saying goes, data is today's gold. And there are vast amounts of data here. And there is a great potential for lower tier cities. So things change really fast in China. And I remember only three years ago, there was a huge demand for SEM optimizer in China. And I almost became a SEM that time. But now most of the people that I know who did SEM uh, transferred to do fees optimization or social media operations. So you never know. <laughs> oh, man. So there, there is gold in them thar hills in China. That's for sure. There is a <laughs> lot of data. Yeah. Okay. So getting closer to the end, uh, wanting to wrap mm-hmm. this up, what marketing and website operation trends are you seeing in China these days? I think marketing and operations will be beyond digital. Uh, there's no doubt that more advanced technology, including AI, VR, etc., will benefit people working in this industry in the very near future. Uh, with the 5G development and it's being used widespreadly, 5G base station will be everywhere. And I believe we will enter the age of IoT, the uh, Internet, Internet of, of Things. things. Yeah. yeah, and IOE, Internet of Everything. And even AIoT, combining AI technologies with IoT. Which means by that time, a variety of devices, uh, people, and data will be interconnected and communications will be almost in real time. Mm-hmm. So I think that, for example, your smartphone and your smart watches, smart watches mm-hmm. will not only provide you all the information you need, but also it will collect data of you, such as uh, where you are, your health condition, etc., and maybe they can have a uh, sense of the devices around you, and so all the data. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if I, and if I may say so, you know, I think in at least North America, um, mm-hmm. and I can't speak to Europe. Um, my assumption is that it's closely related to how people feel in North America, but. There is a bit of a sense of of kind of uh, it, things can be a little bit too creepy where we're getting advertised to. You know, there's there's this phenomenon uh, belief here in, in North America that y'all our devices are now listening to us <laughs> and that they're, you know, that they're always on. They're always listening and they're always trying to, you know, sell to us uh-huh. if we bring things up um, when uh-huh. in fact it's actually the data of our activity and the measurement of our of our of what we're doing not what we're saying but what we're actually doing uh is is just so easily predictive 
that companies are able to accurately sell right. to us where we think, oh right. my gosh, how did they know that? They must be listening. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, it's, it's not true. They're just, you know, I think as humans, we're so much more predictive and predictable than we think we are. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, exactly. and that's basically what it comes down to is we're just incredibly predictable uh, and people refuse to believe it. So they think people must be listening or spying on us. Okay, Amanda, there's there's so much more to dig into, but I think for, you know, let, let, let's let the podcast really kind of get out there and get some legs before we start diving too, too deep. I have to recommend, and I don't know if you, have you heard of the, the show, The Great Hack? Uh, no. Okay. Never. So it's, it's, um, it was recently released on Netflix a couple weeks ago and it's okay. all about the Cambridge Analytica company and their collection uh -huh. of data and how they used it for things like Brexit for the Obama campaign, for the Trump campaign, you know, with Facebook, I think as somebody who is a bit of a data geek like you you don't mind my mm -hmm. saying you would love this movie so i just want to recommend that okay so at the end of every episode we do something called the speed round it's the money round it's the end of family feud i'm going to ask you four questions and i want to know your answers what is your favorite city in china beijing of course because Why? i was born here and it's my hometown oh you took the easy way out okay yeah. fine um <laughs> beijing fantastic city yeah. uh favorite thing to do in china uh it would be taking a walk in the park in the evening Which after park? dinner uh a, any when, park yeah when it, not not <laughs> or, a famous park <laughs> no a, a, any park you know there are a lot of people uh they dance they oh, you know, know. singing yeah, yeah in dancing, the park singing, so it's very... playing music doing tai chi um <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. They, uh, they a lot of diversity yeah, they love being outside, yeah, and, for sure. Yeah, and also like to visit places of historic interest at weekends. Okay, yeah, so that's, that's a good one. You're in Beijing. Mm -hmm. Beijing has a ton of, of landmarks. I'm totally getting away my, from my, my whole script here on, on, the, on the money round, but um, I just find it interesting because Beijing has so many famous ideas, you know, Tiananmen Square, Forbidden City, Summer Palace, yeah. you know, the Great Wall. What's your favorite? Uh, the Forbidden City. Forbidden City. Okay. Well, yeah. for those going, make sure you put that. Uh, uh, and one of these things we have to we have to get tips and tricks from people on like where are the like the hidden great little places to go that not not that many people still know about um, because Beijing has a thousand of them. Um, okay. Next question. <laughs> Favorite food. Favorite like Chinese authentic. You know, maybe like a northern food because you love Beijing. I know you're gonna do something up. You know, at the mm -hmm. up there the more of like a, a beizai type of food what do you what do you love what's your favorite food well there's a lot that i love but um the first one came into my mind is hot pot hot and pot. uh yeah and jajangmyeon you know the noodle with soybean sauce mm -hmm. okay so that's, how, how that's do you a, like your hot pot like very much like i have to do it like once per week what you, what's summer. in a hot pot what, what do you put in yours I could do. I, I could put everything like vegetables <laughs> and meat. Yeah, a lot of things. Yeah, to me, it was always about the the spices. To me, I mean, you, oh, could, put, you could kind of put anything into it, but it was more like the different kind of spices and things that I would I would use or the sauces even after. I was surprised because a lot of foreigners I know they don't like spicy food. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> 
Well, it depends where they come from. I love spicy food, um, but my wife is Russian and she's not so much. Uh-huh. Um, but oh. uh, that's interesting. Uh, my favorite, uh, my favorite Chinese food, uh, and I'll say it to somebody who would probably know what it is: uh, di san san. Di san san. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. The eggplant, yeah, the peppers, and the potato with the nice little gravy in the. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is my favorite. Yeah, that is my favorite. Other than the standard, okay. you know, eggs and tomatoes and things like that. Um, okay, mm-hmm. last question. Bye, Joe. Mm-hmm. Yay or nay? Nay for me, but nay for my for dad, you. it's definitely yeah. Yeah, you were saying four times a week are your dad. Oh, they love their rice yeah. wine. Excellent. Okay. Uh, Amanda, amazing. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. I really appreciate you uh, coming on the show and sharing all your, your insights, especially on the data side of things uh, through your work at Chinalytics. Thank you very much for coming on the show. My pleasure. Growing a company is hard. Doing it in a foreign market? Exponentially so. The best piece of advice I can give you is not to do it alone. When you start looking across the pond for further expansion possibilities, and I sincerely hope that you do, make sure you choose the right partners to do it with. My good friends at WPIC Marketing and Technologies have almost 20 years of experience helping brands just like yours enter China. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Negotiation, and if you're interested in being a guest or want to connect with me or any of our team, please reach out to us at podcast at wpic.co. And be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Zai Jin.